welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I'm joined by Dr. Lee Walsh. But before I tell you a little about him, I'd just like to thank a subscriber who's wrote a review over on iTunes. So Jackster 007 has written great podcast, Belinda. Love hearing Ebony's story. Looking forward to catching up with you soon at a track or sooner. So thanks, Jackster. And you're going to the monthly draw to win one of our motorsport coaching packages. If you're interested, simply go over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast, whether you like it or not. It's always great to have some feedback. Of course, you can also drop it on any of our social media platforms. Today, guys, Dr. Lee has a passion for measuring human performance and motorsports and working with race teams to apply physiology, psychology, and biomechanical engineering to optimize their performance and development of drivers, riders, pilots, and pit crews. If you don't optimize your motor athletes, physiological and psychological performance, millions of dollars in development and championships could be lost. This is a very fascinating podcast hearing about performance data and what Dr. Lee can do for you and your team. So stay tuned, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, guys. Alex Yarn here, go-kart racer from Queensland. I've been with Motivate for about a year now, and I've definitely benefited from her and her crew. Nutrition, social media, sponsorship, and exercise is what she helps me with. She also does mental strength as well. I'm looking forward to my journey ahead with Motivate Training. Well, good afternoon, Lee, and welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Thanks, Blenda. We met on LinkedIn, and I love um, what you do. Tell everybody what you do. So let's start at the beginning. Belinda, do you agree racing drivers, riders, pilots are athletes? Yes. Right. So of course they are. Um, An athletic performance can be measured. um, And we see that in other sports. We don't see as much of it in motorsport. Um, What I do is basically the measurement and the data side, which lets you close the loop, gives you a bit of extra feedback on your own development or your racing. and that leads to new information you can use for race preparation and development. Um, and that could be strategy, so preparing for a race based on what you now know about yourself in this category. Um, but it could also be tactics, which might be what do we do in this situation at this event um, based on what we now know about you in this sport or this category. I'm so excited to hear all about that. As you know, I'm an exercise fees and a computer data. Yes. And, um, you know, just at the Formula One on Thursdays, we were there on the Thursday party. <laughs> and definitely on the Thursday, being involved in the TCL pit, it was interesting um, just to see how much the guys were actually analysing their car performance. Yeah. As I was watching them analyse it, I was thinking, oh, I'd love to find some sort of data analysis um, obviously for the, the drivers, for the athletes, um, around how their body's performance, so things like their heart rate, their sweat loss and stuff like that. Um, tell us, first of all, how did you even get involved in motorsport? <laughs> um, so my engineering is in, in exercise physiology as well, but also engineering. Um, 
I do a lot of sport myself, but never motorsport. I'm not a racer. Um, I am a motorcyclist and a track rider, ah. which is how I sort of got into the, um, well, maybe this will help other riders as well. Um, as I was learning how to ride on a track um, and thinking, you know, these instructors are telling me these things, but I don't know if I'm doing it. Can I measure this? Mm -hmm. um, and as a specialist in measurement, that was sort of a natural pathway. Um, and then as I start talking about this with other physiologists, um, other sports physiologists, and a few of them have been involved in racing or uh, supporting racing, and they start to say, well, yeah, no, actually, it's not really done. Everything's on the car. Correct. <laughs> or the bike or the plane or whatever. Yep. <laughs> um, and I just start asking more questions. So how come you don't measure the driver? I mean, this is a huge athletic sport. Um, yes, there's a car, but you're not driving on the street. It's a lot of pressure on the track. Um, and, you know, as you ask more of those questions, uh, more people start asking questions back. Like, so how will it help? So what can you measure? Um, are you just measuring heart rate? We can do that already. Um, and that's sort of where I've got to at this point where um, we've got um, people like yourself, other trainers and exercise physiologists involved in the sport, um, helping people move along that spectrum, um, but not necessarily using um, real-time feedback or physiological feedback in particular to actually inform their performance on the track and their development. And so, Lee, how do you measure real-time um, data around the athletes when they're in the car? Um, so this this is a new this is my new uh, direction. <laughs> yes. So um, the way I do it on myself is comes from my background in medical um, medical physiology. So basically, it, it's taking um, biomedical sensors and things that are used in measure in measurement in other sports um, but also in, me in medicine mm -hmm. um, and basically adapting them for that environment so um, we can take basic things like heart rate you've got off-the-shelf monitors for that um, but we can look at more complex things so core body temperature is a big thing in endurance sport um, and there are plenty of endurance categories where you're not only an endurance athlete, but you're in quite a hostile environment, which is uh, a car at Bathurst in February with no air conditioning, <laughs> and you're driving for six hours, 12 hours, depending on the category. Um, so temperature there is a huge um, challenge. And so you can measure that um, you know, in your mouth is what you used to, but you can measure that with sensors to measure the core temperature and actually see in real time. And that informs tactical decisions. Um, you could look at an athlete's preparation up to an event. Are they arriving at an event with enough hydration? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure with your athletes, you talk about hydration and preparation. Um, if they do what you say, they should get there and be ready to go. Um, if something has happened during the week and they're slightly off, it would be good to know that start of the event. With a data set, you can then adjust your race strategy based on um, particular athletes, how their hydration changes over an event. Um, do they need more nutrition? Uh, blood glucose is another possibility. Um, so those are just some examples where 
it means two things. You, you can look at a um, athlete as they develop. So we can see from measuring these parameters that um, you get really hot in the car um, more than other athletes. So we should look at how we can help you manage that. At the same time, during a race, you'd say, actually, this is a really hot race. Um, you're getting even hotter than usual. What do we need to do to manage that? Do we need to do shorter stints? Um, do we need to put more cooling in the car? These sorts of things. But you're not just doing it based on gut feel. You actually have the measurements. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's engineering. So um, anything that's measured in another sport or, or in medicine can be measured. It's just about whether it can be adapted to your car, your bike, um, and your category in one thing about sport is whether the rules allow it. Uh, different categories have different rules. Uh -huh. And like to say that you can't analyse their performance, that, that kind of data, or is it just like that there's more clothing or something? Or? Um, I've come across both. Obviously, so in, um, in motorsport safety and having to wear your personal protective equipment is, is a big deal. So... Um, I'm a motorcyclist myself, so one of the challenges with putting sensors on a rider is if they come off the bike and, and hit the ground, um, is that hardware that you've put on them going to cause an injury? Mm -hmm. So you've got to be able to put things that will not only fit under their leathers, but if they're struck, um, you know, it's okay if the instrument's destroyed, you can replace it, but you don't want to be causing injury to a rider. Um, same thing applies in cars. You know, you've got to wear your flame-proof suit. You've still got to wear a helmet wearing gloves, particular shoes, you've got to wear a harness. Um, all of that can affect where on the body you can put things, which may mean off the shelf um, equipment doesn't work, um, but it may also limit access to what you can measure. Um, and, and so that's one of the engineering challenges in getting things on the driver. But some categories as well, um, let's say they're keen to keep costs down to keep the sport accessible, <laughs> right? Which everyone understands, everyone understands, right? Um, and that means particularly during a race, there can often be restrictions about, for example, what data you could send back to the garage to use in real time. Um, my experience talking to people so far is that in practice, um, usually there's no problem, which is great for development categories because they usually have a lot of practice time. Um, but some of, the, um, some of the professional categories limit the data that's allowed to come out of the car. Um, and when you talk to them about physiological data, uh, from their perspective, it's still data coming out of the car and they don't want one team to have an advantage over another. Um, so if you can manage that within your category. But isn't that the point of that, you know? It is, certainly from a race tactics perspective. Absolutely. You want to have that, yeah. I mean, like some teams might work with a sports hypnotherapist. Like there's always like something different within the team. So That's right. Loud. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And look, even if you can't get it back um, to the garage in real time, you can still log it. Um, and because you've got timing and you know what happened on the track and you can log position on track as well, that means you can still do um, 
a post-event analysis and provide feedback into your next race strategy um, or into your development. But the categories um, I've had the most interesting discussions with have been the ones that are happy for that data to go back to the wall so that you can inform driver safety, um, but also race tactics. Um, and what categories does all of this work best for? Uh, so GT3 is the one I've had the most um, discussion with so far because, um, I mean, they have those, run those long 24-hour events, 12-hour events. <laughs> They've got drivers going in and out. Yep. Um, it's actually quite important not just for strategy but for safety that those drivers are remaining alert and that you know what's going on with them. So. So you mentioned before, Leah, about the implications of possibly having the sensors in, in an accident. Like, like, are the sensors big um, or are people thinking that it's like an AFL vest that you see, like the rugby or place wear? Or, um, or is it like, you know, when you go for an ECG and you've got bits and pieces everywhere? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's probably a bit of both, actually, uh, depending on what you want to measure. So um, one thing I can do is, is muscle activity. So that would be uh, the biomechanics of you driving around the track. So that's of interest in development because um, you can get, um, you know, around a track, you've got, say, 20 corners. We can map out not only which corners you tense up in, but what behaviours get you the best time around that corner. But that's measuring muscle activity, um, stress, heart rate, that sort of thing. That senses all over the body. Yep. Why is everywhere? Um, but that fits under a suit with relatively little difficulty. You just tape everything down. Um, the ones that cause problems are the ones that are hard pieces of plastic um, that might, for example, in a rider, they might get struck. Mm -hmm. And the ones that go inside. So um, if you've got a temperature capsule that you've swallowed, you get fantastic core body temperature, um, straight back being logged in real time. Um, but medically, there are problems if you, for example, get put into an MRI, that may cause an artifact on the image, um, which may be a problem depending on the injury you've had. So the race rescue team need to know that an athlete has got that sort of sensor uh -huh. in them. Um, so those are the sorts of considerations, um, particularly at those those events where uh, you've got uh, big cars and high speeds. <laughs> um, but bikes in particular, things wrapped around, no rider likes having things on their skin. Um, and that's because they know what happens when they come down. They're well padded though. They're like more padded than what a, a car driver is. They are, but um, a little piece of, you know, even only sort of this big, a little sensor, even if it's under your armour plate, um, if you come down on that, um, that will still hurt and it could still break the skin, um, even if it's small. Um, and as they get bigger, then the potential for injury gets, gets a bit worse. So the engineering there to make sure you've got small sensors that, aren't on the impact zones is important. And is that something that you can get more real data during test days then? Yeah, look, I, I think 
for the other categories? Yeah, I think so. So um, I was talking to some people involved in karting who were pretty keen um, on the practice days because um, karting teams have so much practice time um, yeah. available to them. Um, and it means that you can try something, see what it says, go out, try again, see what it says, go out. And they're sprint races as well. So they're short, short tracks, short amounts of time on track. Um, there's good potential for feedback between, between sessions. Yeah. I'm keen. So whenever <laughs> anything available for me, I'm happy to fly you anywhere to come and do that with my race team. So it sounds like we need to develop a vest. A, a data vest for carts. Yes, please. Yeah. You have to tell me what you want to measure. That's the biggest thing is everyone wants to measure something different. Um, but as you know, as a physiologist, you, you actually need to interpret that within the context of the athlete and, and what's actually helpful. Um, so that's the biggest discussion, really. I guess the benefit right now in Australia is we have nothing. So something will be better than nothing. So if we only can um, test X, Y, Z, well, then that's better than, you know, having nothing to test. So I personally would love to have some sort of, um, you know, real-life data we can test other than just the heart rate yep. um, to, to obviously help our athletic performance. especially. And that's definitely what I've seen in the, in the um, supporting categories. Um, certainly the guys at the top are doing it. It's, it's patchy, but they're doing it um, so you know in other sports um, so if you take cycling when everybody's doing it if you're not doing it you're behind right but if you take the sports where nobody's doing it like motorsport um, some some things like racket sports and these sorts of things where it's not a, a big thing if you're the only person doing it then that's an edge because yeah. you know something nobody else knows right um, and you've got data sources and feedback that nobody else has. So, yeah, for sure, we need to get something going for um, Australian uh, supporting categories. Please. <laughs> um, Natalie, we spoke about, like, what it does, but what does that turn out for the benefit of the athlete? Just, just a little bit more detail. Um, and who can... Uh, I guess, analyse that information for them. Obviously, you can easily because you're an engineer. Is this something that would be a new role within a team? Um, does an expert need to do it? Um, can EPs do it? Yeah, sure. So um, there's a few questions in there. <laughs> uh, what was the, the first one? I've forgotten what the first one was. Well, how, did, how does it help them um, with their... Yes. So let's start with that. Okay. Get the data back. What, what are we doing with that data? Yeah, so how can it help? Um, okay, so Belinda, you're, you're an ex-phys. So um, every sport has a spectrum, right? Um, the top people are at this end and the, the amateurs and the beginners are at this end. Um, and everybody wants to move in that direction, right? And this is what you do. You through um, training and, and advice and all sorts of other information that we can give athletes, we can move them up this spectrum. Um, having the real data means that when you're making a decision, do we do this or do we do that? You can make a decision based on what the situation actually is, not just what it might be. 
It also means that if you try a new training regime, you can objectively measure if it's worked. So um, I talked earlier about um, athletes whose temperatures go up a lot more than others. Um, and that's just everybody's physiology is unique. Some people run hotter than others. Um, so the naive strategy might be, right, well, let's wrap this driver in a nice suit, keep them cool during the race, that'll keep the temperature down, right? Great. Uh, and let's take a mechanical engineering approach and obviously the colder the vest, the better the cooling will be. Now, this is a really good example because um, the body doesn't cool the same way as a car. And actually, if you wrap it in ice, it defends itself from the ice. Um, so what you can actually do is say, okay, this, this athlete runs hot. Let's measure their temperature. Now let's wrap them in ice. Did it actually make a difference, yes or no? If it doesn't make any difference, you can throw it away, get rid of the weight out of the car, get rid of all the support that's needed to make that thing work because it's not helping. Um, it might actually be making things worse. Um, you know, the assumption is you wrap someone in ice and they cool down, but the body doesn't always do it that way. Um, you could be causing them discomfort or other pain, which actually affects their physiology in another way. But because you've measured that, you know it. So you can say, right, this did work, this didn't work. Um, the other thing it lets, lets you do, which is more of a uh, classical sports physiology approach, is um, if you've got a baseline of an athlete's performance during their preferred event, um, let's, let's take karting, sprint race, sprint races in a kart. Um, if you get a baseline of what their performance is, you can then find the gaps um, and target their training and their development in those particular gaps. Um, as an athlete, this means you can not only see where your gaps are, but it means you can spend your limited practice time practicing those things. Mm -hmm. um, motorsport isn't a cheap sport. Um, <laughs> you need track time and you need time in your vehicle. Um, and really as an athlete, you want to be focusing that time where it's going to make the most benefit. And I think that's where having the real data lets you make sure that you're focusing it there instead of um, somewhere else. Um, yeah? I was say, uh, why do you think like we don't have this information today? I mean, most wasn't I know you're laughing your head off, but like why? And like you're not the first exercise fizz to, to think No, about. I'm not. I'm I'm certainly not. I've spoken to other ex fizz who have have looked at it. Um and I don't have a long background in motorsport, so again, I'm I'm a bit of a uh, an outsider or a bit of a new um, person coming in saying, "How come you guys don't do this?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> as best I can tell, <laughs> historically the car is the interesting bit. Yes. Um, 
and I just like the sport in itself has just evolved probably over the last 10 years. As we know that yeah. you know, 10 years ago, it was just about your achievements and, and the race results that got you places. And you spoke about the spectrum of starting here from a beginner to amateur becoming professional. So the better your race results, the higher you went, the quicker you got there. But now, um, you know, everything comes into play of being more of a holistic athlete, you know, making sure that you, uh, you know, you can speak well, you've got great social media, yeah. content, you've got um, sponsorships that you can bring to the team. And I, this is obviously um, the other piece of that pie. And I think it's still evolving. Like I, I even from a marketing perspective, still think that we're in the old school, um, you know, not everything on social media because, you know, yeah. the graphic of motorsport competitors or their parents are generally you know self-employed and um, they work six days a week so they're not predominantly on Facebook or you know anywhere and um, if they are that they're not wanting to really think about racing because they're doing that every other weekend so and they're mm. sort of like not going to Google to type in like motorsport fitness or anything um, it's still referrals and words of mouth um, that get you new clients or gets new services to come on board so that's what I think. <laughs> and I, I think you're right. Look, um, a lot of the people I speak to who've tried it before, um, they only tried a piece of the puzzle and they tried it 10 years ago when, oh, this was new. Um, we should try this. All the other sports do it. Let's get a nutritionist in. Mm. Okay, great. So they've got nutritional support, but what about all the other bits? <laughs> yeah. Um, more holistic approach now so it's new right. mindset it's it's athletic ability yeah and i think that mindset and the psychological thing is certainly coming in and i think as it comes in more people are realizing as well that it's not just focus it is actually physiology and psychology and it comes from everywhere and preparation and so sports science is starting to trickle in next to the engineering <laughs> That's why I get so excited about that. Oh, it is. It is. It's data information. And it's, again, just that small piece of the puzzle of helping them, you know, to get on the podium, to enhance their performance, to be number one, to have that competitive advantage. Yeah. And it gives people like me who, who love motorsport but are not a mechanical engineer a way to work in motorsport. <laughs> you previously mentioned um, that it's not just for the athletes that it, it can be um, utilized across the whole team and we yeah. spoke about those endurance events and you know we quite often forget about the pit crews like with the drivers they go and have a sleep and have a rest and, and switch off um, whereas the pit crews predominantly they're back to back I mean I'm so big on trying to work with the teams as well and trying to get the, the teams physically and mentally fit as well. Again, I think that's just something that we're still lagging at this stage. There's, there's not a lot of teams that work together or consider their pit crew um, to be important or that the pit crews do need to be fit or mentally aware. Um, but this data can help them as well. Yes, absolutely. And in many ways, it's, it's easier to instrument the pit crew because they don't have to be in a car or on a bike. Um, they have a bit more freedom in what they can wear. But unfortunately for the pit crews, I think they're lagging even further behind the athletes because, well, they are pit athletes, but um, you think all the teams are just starting to get this going on their drivers and their riders. And when I mention pit crews and they say, oh, yes, yes, no, you're right. We need to look after them first. But first we need to fix the driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And that's unfortunate because you're absolutely right. It's a team. The driver is the one in the car, but uh, the pit crew is the one who will lose 20 seconds on a tyre change or um, drop the brake disc and lose time there. So, And that happens when you're tired. So you're absolutely right, the whole team. Um, and there's a lot of power there with data in being able to bring together everybody's um, data together to be able to identify okay, this person behaves better in this environment. This week we're racing in Bathurst. Next week we're racing in Europe. Um, different people may have slightly different edges in different environments on different tracks. Um, if you can measure that, the team can adjust their strategy and actually not only then are they getting the most out of their athletes, they're actually getting the most out of the sum of the parts. And I think if you get a whole team instrumented, that would that would be unbelievable. I just haven't, we haven't got that far yet, I don't think. <laughs> so excited. Hurry up and finish your product. <laughs> I want it now. Yeah. Um, and I guess everyone's listening would be thinking, is this affordable to the general public? Um, what kind of fees or services is getting this data analysis and hopefully race team owners can see Yeah, look, I've, I've been talking to a couple of guys in karting about how to get, um, get to the karting tracks because that would be a good test of um, having something available to everyone in a sport. Um, at the moment, I don't yet have that magical data data vest for each category that you can give to someone and they can do everything themselves unfortunately at the moment you really need an exercise physiologist doing interpretation um, but everything's still a little bespoke at the moment so absolutely once you know what something means for you once you've been through the measurement and someone has explained to you this is what this means for you watch out for this you can manage that yourself, the same as other athletes do. Um, it's absolutely my intention to be working with with um, the general public. Um, I've just got to get to the right tracks and test things on real amateur athletes. But anytime you want to go to the Canberra track, let me know. Yep. Um, yep, I'm pretty much one of my clients has the keys to the track. So oh, really? We can make it happen. I guess. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll make that happen then. I guess uh, from an athletic um, perspective, regardless of what category you race, uh, at what point in someone's career should they really start to analyse this data? Is this something, um, I know kind of obviously it would be that competitive edge, probably more so for those top line teams and those drivers that are wanting to go to Europe. But if you're wanting to stay here in Australia, just, you know, progress um, into whatever category, uh, when is a good time to really start looking at this data analysis? Is it, you know, like, is it too young to put an eight-year-old or a twelve-year-old, or is it is it great for everybody to to really know these stats? Um, look, I would say it's great for everyone. We see that in in other sports where where everyone does it because it's affordable. Um, I would say it's going to have most impact if you're trying to move up a category. Um, and, and you really need to find that extra extra edge. Um, 
it's a lot of fun if you're really into data and computers and all of that. So it's just another thing to make your sport a bit more fun. Yeah. Um, so I would say, look, it's, it's applicable to anyone. Um, it's really about finding the things that are easy enough for you to measure that are also helpful for you in your category. Physiology, everyone's physiology is different. So what you measure might be slightly different from your competitor, but look, this sort of stuff is approachable to everyone. And, and it will be once we get instruments that aren't so fragile. Yay! <laughs> Any time frames? <laughs> no rush, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, look, you've, you've, you've caught me out a little bit here because I've been focusing on the, um, on the GT categories. Um, I just need some people from, from um, karting and the supporting categories to, to get in touch and, and, and let me know what they want to get out of it, let me know why they're interested because that makes it easier for me to put a suite together. At the moment, I've got suites oh. for endurance, but temperature is not going to matter in sprint racing. It's going to be less important. We should look at other things. It still will play an effect, though. Like I think it will definitely. I'm not saying it doesn't. Especially um, because you know, with temperature, it's not just the, the environmental temperature. It's like you know, the body heat temperature, which can come down to nutrition and things like that as well. So definitely. definitely and there's a new sensor coming out of Europe um, that lets you measure core temperature without swallowing something. So I'm pretty excited to uh, try that out in Canberra. Hey, well, I'm excited about it. I can get you some Porsche drivers. We can do yeah. drivers. We can do Aussie race cars where they're smaller, compact cars. We can do open wheelers and former Fords. You just let me know what you want, Lee. And Sounds I'll awesome. That's happen for you. Sounds awesome. So much for your time today. Obviously, I love this episode because I'm a data geek. Um, if people are interested or wanting to, to follow your journey um, around about data for the human, um, how can they follow you or get in contact with you? Look, the easiest, the easiest way these days is to track me down on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty responsive on there. Um, other avenues come and go depending on whether I'm travelling or not. So LinkedIn. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, Lee. Um, I loved it. <laughs> no doubt. I can't wait to see what we can do in the future together and what you're going to make. And... Oh, are you still there? Just cut out. Oh. Um, and what you're going to make. And, um, yeah, as soon as we've got something, we'll have to have you back onto the show. Sounds good. Thanks very much. Thanks, Belinda. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember, all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe, and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out, and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Team. Until next time, take care.